Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Tech Talk, where Amit and I talk about various technology-related topics. This week, we're going to talk about a very interesting topic, um, and it, a topic that's been quite popular for quite a few months now, is Web 3.0. This is a new technology based on the blockchain technology, and um, yeah, a lot of people are have recently been started to being aware of it and uh, became really popular a few months ago. Now it's kind of um, uh, kind of settling down, but it's still offering all the modern technology and all the benefits uh, as, as it should. Uh, so yeah, we're very excited to talk about Web 3.0 and uh, it is, you know, essentially how what the internet will look like in future. So I'm um, very excited to sort of dive deeper into this topic. Amit, thank you very much for coming up with this topic. And um, yeah, uh, let's, uh, let's dive. What's your thought on uh, Web 3.0? Well, uh, it's a very interesting topic. Uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure the audience must be thinking, what is Web 1.0 and what is, what is Web 2.0 then? I mean, if you're talking about Web 3.0, definitely there has to be a Web 1.0 and 2.0. So I am pretty sure people must be curious about that. But uh, nevertheless, I think it's a very relevant topic to talk about Web 3.0 today. Uh, we have covered a lot of topics like cryptocurrencies, CBDCs, NFTs, blockchain, AI, metaverse, etc. And somehow or the other, they are interlinked or they are connected to this topic that we are talking about, going to talk about today, Web 3.0. So yeah, I'm quite excited to talk about it. Yeah, um, as, as you said, they are all interlinked and they are all, all interlinked in a very nice way. And um, hopefully the audience have uh, you know tuned in with our previous episodes on all of these topics. And that way they can have an overall idea and understanding of how all of these things link together. And uh, sort of then potentially from all of these ideas, you might even think about another new technology that can come up, you know, that can sort of... Uh, come with combining all of these things. So, or you could think about how you can use Web 3.0 in Metaverse or how you can use one technology in, 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 in this other arena, et cetera. So there's always this, this exciting possibility of interrelations, which really excites me to be honest, thinking about these things, how they all um, intertwine with each other and create new connections. And that's, that's really exciting to me. So um, as, you were talking about Web 3.0. Uh, there must be Web 1 and Web 2. What about those? What give us give us a little bit of background on those? So I, I mean, for me, uh, I mean, for me, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, <laughs> for me, I, I I just know it in one line: is Web 1 is the static websites, Web 2 is what they call interactive or dynamic website, and Web 3 is more like a smart website. Uh, but it's not just websites, it's, you know, the domain and everything that comes around, you know, getting your message across to the world through internet. So, yeah, give us a little bit more detail on, on this. So initially when uh, the internet was created, people build uh, web pages or HTML pages and uh, they bought a domain and they hosted the content. There was no way for people to actually find new content until unless they go to some place where they were curating it. Uh, so content curation becomes the starting point and then as the number of pages progressed, uh, search was uh, necessary and that's how Google search, Alta Vista and many other companies came up and they became very popular. But in essence, whenever those pages were create, getting created, they had images, they had text, uh, not, I, I don't think they had much of videos. They had maybe animations, like uh, simple image animations, but f fairly simple text and images. So that was the initial web that uh, we all started with. Um, and after that, we started uh, getting uh, interactive web pages, pages where you could interact with uh, the page, uh, the website itself. You could make payments, you can watch videos, you can listen to audio. Um, you don't have to reload the, you don't have to go to a new page every time. You can uh, reload the content of the page by keeping the URL static. So those kind of things started happening with Web 2.0. And that's what has been shaping the majority of the last uh, decade or more than that. Uh, and it has uh, picked up very rapidly. 
uh, and in this web 2.0 we had all the social media apps we had the netflix we had payment uh, payments etc all all those different types of apps now web 3.0 actually started with the uh, advent of uh, the blockchain technology or bitcoin bitcoin is actually based on the blockchain technology and blockchain technology enables uh, many things but in essence uh, bitcoin is a decentralized currency or a cryptocurrency because it's cryptographically uh, encoded so web 3.0 is basically built on top of the blockchain and uh, what that means is in essence it's decentralized so web 2.0 was more centralized. I mean, there were the, Facebook owns all the social media platforms like Instagram, WhatsApp, Facebook, uh, the Oculus Quest, uh, VR division, etc. So th those are centralized. Google owns the search business. They own Gmail, Google Maps, Android, uh, many other things. And same with Apple, Microsoft, etc. So they are basically owned. The servers, the servers on which our information is stored, is owned by them. What if? we have a future where we own the data another aspect of it being centralized sorry to uh, interrupt this is also the fact that uh, there are companies private companies who controls the hosting of it and also the domain registration i mean yes. there is a, there is a like a, if you want to call it guardians of internet the ICANN um the yeah. uh, organization who kind of uh, but they give decide. the domain names they don't uh, give the infrastructure Yes, yes. So these infrastructure are privately owned by different companies. Yes. So they're not decentralized. They are centralized in that respect. And then there is this central authority which uh, decides which you know top level domain are available or which yeah, ones to yeah. release in the future, etc. So these are like central authorities who decides all of these things, and um, you know that that kind of takes away um, the users. If you want to call it right, yeah, in a lot of uh, debatable way, it is right. Users right to uh, a lot of uh, their data and uh, a lot of the things that they want to use or do in internet. So um, yeah, so from that no, perspective, also, I, I think you are absolutely right. The right, uh, the right of their own data. I think that's a very important term because mm -hmm. if we uh, use Facebook, then we are uh, bound by U.S. laws because Facebook servers are mostly in U.S. And if uh, we use a European service, we are bound by GDPR. So the companies are bound by GDPR. So the rights are very important. And as you mentioned, it's about our data, right? Our data on Facebook server or Microsoft server, or Google server. So the domain names managed by ICANN, then you have the physical servers on which our data resides. So even when we are talking now, we are recording this on Zoom, uh, we will maybe post put this video on OneDrive. So that OneDrive has our video recording and that's owned by Microsoft. So we don't own the data. So tomorrow if Microsoft shuts down, our data is gone. I mean, of course, they would give us notice by being an ethical company and etc, etc. But in a sense, they are now the keepers of our data. And that's, that's called being centralized. Now, what if you live in a world where you own the data and you can take it from Facebook to Microsoft, to Google, wherever you want. And even if one company shuts down, because you own the data, you just take it and take it somewhere else. So that's what, in essence, what decentralized means, that it's not centralized with one person. And that's what the concept of metaverse is. Like you can take digital assets from one universe to another universe without thinking about how do I take it, how does it work, etc. And same with... Uh, your information, your data, your identity. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, sorry, I interrupted you. You were talking about uh, the decentralized uh, aspect of Web3. So uh, yes, I mean, a decentralized aspect, uh, again, so as I, as I mentioned, the information currently is centralized, but with the advent of Bitcoin and blockchain, it became decentralized. Now, blo blockchain in essence is a ledger. And that ledger keeps tracks, uh, keeps track of information of uh, credit and debit. Who owes what? Who has given whom what? So I pay Rinath Malik 10 uh, bitcoins. Rinath Malik pays X uh, uh, 20 bitcoins. So who owns how much bitcoins based on the wallet, etc. So that is tracked on a ledger. That ledger predominantly is owned by banks 
in today's world but in bitcoins uh, terminology that's in blockchain so that blockchain is a decentralized ledger now what do you mean by decentralized so the ledger is there written on blockchain and anyone can copy the entire ledger on their machine if they want and for any new transaction they can try to add the tr next transactions onto the ledger and keep a copy of it to maintain the copy bitcoin network gives the uh, uh, the miners who actually mine the bitcoins some uh, uh, sorry who who want to uh, add the transaction they have to do some mining and basically they have to find a cryptographically uh, a cryptographic hash that uh, that enables them to attach the uh, transactions a group of transactions to the end of the blockchain uh, and that in essence is uh, what's happening in decentralized one so i can own a copy of the uh, blockchain ledger you can own a copy of blockchain ledger person x can own a copy of the blockchain ledger and once they have a copy it means now if one ledger goes down someone else has a copy so even if one node or one person fails the others have a copy so the information is not lost and that's what what you mean by decentralized so the information always stays and it's not owned by someone else it's owned by everyone there is no single person who is maintaining it but even in a decentralized one and we will talk about this later there is some kind of centralization so yeah go ahead <laughs> yeah that's that's another thing i mean as as much enthusiastic i am about adopting the cryptocurrency and uh, this blockchain technology it's just um a little bit frustrating to me that um you know when i think about how it's kind of panning out in our in in our world is that we are kind of ending up with some clusters of central uh, authorities or exchanges where uh, most of these uh, transactions are happening like Coinbase or Binance. They, they now, you know, yeah, they're not central bank. They're not any authority. They are private companies, which is even riskier if you think about it. And a lot of the data is central to them. Yes, but the, the, the difference is that you can also have a copy of the whole of the public blockchain and you can do the validation yourself. You can, but right now, Bitcoin um, mining, you know, the doing this validation is in a sense what we call mining. And now the Bitcoin mining has become so difficult for a, so that you can't, with a single computer, you can't really do the validation on time, the calculation um, uh, power necessary. Uh, you can't generate it with, with uh, just a single user computer. You would need a like industrial grade, like proper powerful, you know, a machine, which, uh, you know, is kind of out of bounds for a regular uh, technology user. Um, so in that sense, uh, Bitcoin has kind of uh, centralized itself to a, a, a number of companies although still it's not like one authority or anything but these all of these companies are private companies which you know can be is debatable whether it's a good thing or a bad thing but uh yeah it's it just seems like that uh, the one of the main selling point of of this uh, blockchain network is kind of uh, slowly becoming uh, a little bit uh, controversial but enough of that uh, i mean uh, moving on moving back right back to web 3.0 uh, i mean obviously to understand web 3.0 we needed to understand blockchain and the public ledger as you explained amit so now what happens um in uh, you know the the networks like ethereum and some of the other modern uh, 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 blockchain uh, technologies is that you can create smart contracts uh, within these transactions and these hold the data and uh, i would really recommend you guys to go back and watch the nft uh, episode that we did where we explained this uh, this this uh, technology in a little bit more detail and what happens is in that public ledger uh, instead of just having the transaction saying that oh this person gave this other this wallet gave this other wallet this amount of bitcoin or whichever coin um, you could also say that this piece of digital asset be it picture uh, animation or video audio whatever 
is owned by this particular wallet. As a result, publicly worldwide, everyone knows and agrees that who is the owner of that particular piece of digital asset. Now that's how NFTs are work. Where NFTs work, and now if you think about um, Web 3.0, in in you know one of the fundamental concepts of Web is is domain names. You know you, you need to have website addresses or links or URL, which is which we all know what it is the address where we want to go to, and um, the address that as as a as a content provider you want other people to come to, etc. And that is the that domain name is basically etched into the Ethereum or any other network, uh, saying that this domain is owned by this wallet. Or in in cases, uh, you know, wallet is also connected to a user, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So you can kind of say that this domain name is owned by this person. Now the benefit of that is. You don't have any yearly fees because once you are owner of it, you own that domain, and that's massively beneficial for the user, like people like you and I who creates websites and you know wants to have domain names. And right now in Web 2.0, all the domains, including Facebook, Google, they have to pay a yearly fee to be you know to keep owning the Google.com, Facebook.com, or Malik.com, or whatever. Um, and you know the central authority ICANN has also a little bit of um, a very tiny pennies of uh, of charge on there as well. But yeah, it's all maintained um, by private companies, and um, you know you don't really have much of a say. And even the hosting provider, you have to pay the hosting provider, which you can also kind of do yourself. Technically, you can kind of host from your computer, which is massively impractical, but you can. Um, yet, you know, if you want, if you had a really popular uh, website which needs a lot of bandwidth, uh, you want to go to a hosting provider. And then now, if you're doing something questionable, like Signal, for example, uh, uh, you know, a few months ago or last year when they were hosting this new messaging service, and you know, uh, which uh, you know uh, was kind of. Uh, um disrupting the social situation you know yeah that happened because whatsapp changed its policies and people were like okay let's move on to some other platform absolutely <laughs> yeah so what would you do if uh, you know private companies like whatsapp yeah. does things like yeah. that right so you need some sort of protection and um in uh, in other uh, in uh, the other side of it is the freedom of speech and freedom of expressing yourself so if you want to express yourself then you want to you know you don't want to be guided or restricted by your hosting provider they might say oh you can't host this or that etc so um all of these restrictions um can be you know you can find ways to not have those restrictions in web3 and you know you can own the domain for life and these are some of the benefit just to start with and then there are so many other technological benefits when you combine all the other technologies nfts and metaverse and stuff like that which um you know amit you can explain but yeah this part i just wanted to say that this part is is quite exciting to me you know that it's like a fundamental difference between web 2 and web 3 because you, you once you own it you own it it's etched in the blockchain forever until you're selling it off to someone else and again etching it in in the blockchain um it's it's yours and the whole world knows it and knows it and can validate that you know that that is that you are the owner. So that's that's quite a cool thing to me. Um, one of the other thing I wanted to also touch upon is uh, some of the providers of Web 3.0 domains. That in current world, obviously there could be more in future, or maybe there was more in the past. But one of the one of the most popular ones is UnstoppableDomains.com. And they're providing a few top-level domains um, with .crypto, .wallet, these kind of um, uh, top-level uh, domains. And then you can purchase uh, the domain names that you like. I, for example, purchased renatmalik.crypto. Not that anyone else was going to, <laughs> but uh, I wanted to test with one. And it is quite cool. Um, you know, you basically, you know, the purchasing is actually a lot more expensive than Web 2.0 because you know in Web 2.0 uh, we're we're here in UK so we we use pound sterling and you know it's usually ten pound sterling for every year and usually the domains I buy from Google domains you just buy for ten years for hundred pounds but 
in web for web 3.0 you have to remember it is kind of like an nft so you have to first um pay the fee to own it and then you have to pay the gas fee if your if your domain uh, is going to be on ethereum network obviously depending on which network you you um uh, use it would be different fee but ethereum gas fees are also quite expensive so it was uh, more over 100 pounds for me to to own that but now i own it forever and until i sell it it will remain mine uh, and uh, you know, uh, I don't have to pay any maintenance or yearly fee of any sort. Um, a, a counter to that, um, there is also another top level domain, which is .eth, uh, .eth. And yes. there you have to pay a yearly fee. And people might ask them, how is a Web3 if that's the case? Because over there, what they're offering as a company, um, which obviously is down to them who are, you know, owning the Ethereum network or, you know, uh, so they are offering you to lease the domain. That's why you have to pay, you're not, they're not giving you the ownership of the domain. If you were to own it, then it was going to be yours and no one can do anything about it. But the reason you have to pay a yearly or a, 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 a you know, periodic uh, payment is because you're not owning from there. So I wanted to, I, I, you know, I wanted to check out and I wanted to buy one just to, and when I did my research and I didn't want to buy, I mean, although .eth sounded more attractive to me and I thought, okay, .eth, that sounds like, you know, it's Ethereum and all of this cool. Um, but then I kind of backed off because one of the primary, you know, foundational benefits I thought it's not just for the benefit, but it's 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 the feature. It's one of the USPs of Web 2.0 um, that you don't have to pay ever again. And that no, it's not just about paying, but it's it's a representation of how the whole technology works. And um, they they weren't uh, letting you do that. So I kind of um, even though I liked the .dot eth, uh, I would have liked it, but I kind of went back to unstoppable domains to to go with them where I got the, uh, got the domain Not crypto. ownership, yeah. although more costly, but uh, I did own it. <laughs> I do own it. I will own it. <laughs> so um, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's the, that's the part that I find really cool. Um, so I, I, I think uh, you touched about, uh, I mean, very, some of uh, very interesting aspects of decentralized network. I think uh, in the beginning, we started talking about the concept of centralization. I think it all comes down to two things. One is infrastructure and one is marketplace. I think these are two very important concepts uh, people want to understand. So in the real world, uh, there is someone who always maintains the infrastructure, like someone is there to maintain your, uh, to uh, supply electricity, supply water, uh, and uh, clean your streets, uh, and uh, supply heating, etc. Uh, they supply internet. So those are the infrastructure. And then you have marketplace. So instead of going to one uh individual location to just buy a pair of shoes, another location to buy vegetables, another location to buy groceries. You go to one single place where you can buy everything. So you can buy all the grocery shops and everything. So that's a marketplace. Now in a digital world, if you want to replicate that, there will be some kind of centralization, just like in the real world. So there will be some person or some entity that will provide the infrastructure and there will be some exchange where you will actually go and buy these currencies or these coins, cryptocurrencies, etc. So there, there will be always some level of centralization, even though we say it's decentralized. I think that's uh, that. I mean, if you get these concepts clear, then I think it, it just changes your mindset. You own the data. So it means you can take the data from one network to another network. No one is stopping you but someone is still maintaining the infrastructure and someone is still owning the marketplace or the exchange where you actually trade in those currencies. So you say you're owning the NFT, but NFT is being created by someone. It is maintained by someone. You only are choosing uh, or sorry, you're only approving the ownership rights. You actually don't own it in real terms or physical terms. It's actually kind of renting. You're renting, but indefinitely. That's what NFT is. Is that what it is? I, I, I mean, I mean, you, I mean, you th th think like this because you own the asset, and there is proof that you own the asset. 
but it's mm-hmm. not like you have it it's within that but it's within that so if, if suppose you, you so when you say it's there in open sea right you buy the nft from open sea can you yeah. then take it to another uh, nft marketplace or it stays or so if it's stays. in the same um, uh, 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 blockchain network and yeah. another marketplace is also using the same blockchain network you should be able to take it as far as i understand it so so again uh, another interesting concept so when we talked about blockchain network that blockchain network we are referring to bitcoins blockchain network that's essentially or ethereum now or ethereum exactly yeah. but those networks are different so people also need to understand that bit as well that there are two networks one is for bitcoin one is for ethereum and then there are different networks for different current cryptocurrency so it means you have ledgers which are tracking only one single type of currency now there is this whole concept of multi ledger or uh, multi uh, pro- protocol or where cross cross yeah, transfer cross cross ledger so basically yeah. in the single ledger you can track different cryptocurrencies you can track bitcoin you can track track xrps you can track ethereum so that again is a very interesting concept which people are trying to deal with because if if you have just one single ledger to track one single currency how is it decentralized because now we have so many different different uh, currencies <laughs> and we want to yeah. move that information that transactional information of one particular currency from one ledger to another ledger Yeah I don't I don't know a lot about this part but um yeah I didn't know that I I knew that you can kind of communicate between the two uh blockchains but I didn't know whether you can track all of the different cryptocurrencies exactly, in one ledger Exactly so that but, that uh, would be the next level I am also not sure whether it's already but I've read about it that people are trying to solve this problem because this is a very interesting problem because as you have different cryptocurrencies which become popular sometimes dogecoin comes and people start buying that so you need to have a network and then each network has so you mentioned about ethereum smart contract so that's basically proof of stake and uh, what uh, bitcoin uh, network does is proof of work so you have to actually show that you have mined something uh, in order to uh, to get some bitcoins and in in ethereum network it's proof of stake how much do you actually own oh i think like that's that. ethereum 2.0 by the way oh um, that's ethereum 2.0 yes <laughs> <laughs> before the previous version of ethereum is is still proof of work but in a, in a different um, Uh, yeah so that question. also keeps evolving the definition and that's again yeah. the beauty of it and uh, you mentioned about top level domains and that's kind of interesting it's a base, basically a digital asset that you own but of course you keep paying the rent every year or every you if you buy it in bulk so 10 years so i have the domain amitsarkar.tech bought it for 10 years i don't have to pay any money uh, in uk you pay about 100 quid 10 pound a year uh, that's about it uh, it's good but after 10 years i have to renew it and if i don't then it gets stolen by someone so there is this whole concept of uh, domain reselling and other things some people just buy domain names for a business so that they can sell it at a premium when someone else needs it and there is a whole big business of it absolutely yeah domain i mean that's how the dot com bubble kind of uh, was created a couple of decades ago where you know everyone thought that this dot com domain name would be so so um popular sort of yeah. in future and a lot of people bought and then realized that so the that moment was... a domain name expires what people do is they uh, jump on it and they try to buy it if it's very popular mm-hmm. so if google.com expires for some reason for a mm-hmm. millisecond or even for a second someone can actually buy during that time and if they buy it google then has to negotiate mm-hmm. with that person to give them back the domain and this this is completely legal there is nothing illegal about it you can yeah i mean of course yeah i mean it's it's, it's, it's not it like they're cheating sale, google someone yeah. purchased it yeah. and then yeah there's no question of legality i mean yeah. it's supposed to be legal yeah <laughs> so um it's interesting how these things happen but yeah this is that's that's web 2.0 um and, but and, yeah and now in 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 the decentralized world so you have the domain name and then you have your data so there are governments so uh, estonia is one of the few fully digital uh, countries in the world where everything is digitized the whole citizens uh, health uh, 
health uh, health records uh, sorry medical records educational records financial records insurance records they are all owned by the citizens so it's it's stored in government servers but they are owned by the citizens and if they want to change the provider they can take the data with them to the other provider and and again that's enabled by blockchain so that's what uh, estonia is trying to do and in the blockchain world we now have nfts so that's enabling us to buy digital assets then we have metaverse where we have a dig it's it's not a virtual world it's virtual worlds where you can own assets using nfts and you can move from one world to another world that's also being enabled by virtual reality augmented reality extended reality so these are all connected then you have these concepts of uh, decentralized apps uh, rinat you were mentioning just before the talk about decentralized apps or dapps as they are called can you talk a bit more about that well to be honest um i haven't really delved too much deep into into decentralized app but what i uh, i'll say what i've seen after logging into um unstoppable domains after i bought my web3.0 domains and there some of the benefits that the domain brings is through dapps and uh, that's that's how they make it possible and one of them is to have uh, your wallet address as your domain name or as a, 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 a personal personalized email or something that, that a string of words that are easier to memorize uh, and you make that connected with your wallet so you don't have to re remember your 26 digit alphanumeric yes, uh, yes. string string to to everywhere and you know there's less uh, chance of making a mistake as well even though it's really really highly recommended and encouraged that you always copy and paste and never type that by yourself uh, but um yeah i mean so that's that's one of the benefits and uh, then um another thing is that you could um i don't remember much to be okay, honest okay it's fine i mean But, uh, i mean if you take the concept of decentralized apps so take for example twitter twitter is an app right twitter mm -hmm. is an app now what is the decentralized version of twitter decentralized version of twitter there is an uh, version and that's called mastodon m a s t o d o n it's the sign of a basically a mammoth in olden days or a big elephant uh it's a it's actually a a twitter server but it's open source anyone can host their own servers and anyone can host uh their own twitter space and you can either keep it free you can keep it paid or you can uh ask people to get invited to the network etc there is one network maintained by mastodon and there are other networks maintained by other people and it is kind of like a decentralized app and uh, it is it is very interesting that the whole concept of twitter what it means if it's taken to a decentralized version what would be the decentralized version of facebook what would be the decentralized version of say google google search or google maps and those are the kind of things that uh, people are now thinking about and talking about and it's actually uh, progressing very rapidly then we have uh, so there is dapps and there is digit uh, decentralized autonomous organizations dao or daos and they are actually very interesting it's uh, basically a small company or a small entity that is completely decentralized that means there is no hierarchy there is none, no one at the top no one at the bottom everyone has some stake some ownership and a voice and no one is in charge everyone is in, in charge everyone is in charge towards a common goal so they work on certain projects and everyone decides whether they want to work on the project and uh, how much time would they dedicate they have proposals etc and it is very interesting how it is self organizing and self sustaining and these daos are now currently based on mostly ethereum network but it is again a uh, very very uh, interesting uh, subject i think we'll do another talk on daos but it's a very interesting uh, thing to look at 
Yeah, absolutely. And all of these, all of these, you know, sub um, topics are are really interesting. And some of those things I don't even I have uh, uh, much idea. And uh, I also want to find out more about these things. Um, but one of the things I would say, on uh, as we always do, we encourage our audience to you know find out more. You know, you know, do a little bit of test. You know, my, you know, in in, in our previous episode, we also said that try it out. You know. Um, but there is a question of affordability as well uh, to buy a uh, like a sort of a web 3.0 you know you can you can spend upwards or more than 100 pounds in in pound sterling and it could be more in dollars and other currencies etc so obviously depending on your affordability i would also um say that yeah try try going there i'm not we're not sponsored by unstoppable domains or anything but there is another issue currently which I've heard with the dot ETH uh, domains that that Ethiopia, uh, the country, um, okay, they also yeah, yeah. <laughs> have dot uh, in Web 2.0 uh, domain naming system. Um, as a country, you know, at, you know, for example, in UK we have dot co dot UK, and you know, dot UK is the last part of the of the domain names, and in Ethiopian, you know, country uh, domains. Um, you get .eth, and then again in Web 3.0, you are having for Ethereum. You you know you you can buy the Web 3.0 domains which are .eth. There is a quite a lot of uh, um, confusion with how this is gonna you know go forward and what we're gonna do about it, but. It's interesting yet, but if you are going to just test it out and, uh, um, you know, kind of kind of want to do something, then, you know, probably .eth is a bit more riskier option. But then again, you know, you, you go and make your own uh, research, do your own research and make a decision based on that. I've gone for uh, unstoppable domains, but again, they have other controversial, you know, uh, as well <laughs> as well so um yeah i mean because they you know what i've seen is they are obviously trying to sell various domains and obviously they are a private company as well so there is there is that kind of uh, scare of lack of centralization in my mind obviously not everyone <laughs> might agree so uh yeah <clears throat> but i would definitely um encourage uh, our uh, uh audience uh to to you know, go for one and see, see how it is. And once you own it, you can never lose it. So, um, that's in, an interesting in, bit. And, uh, yeah, I think, so, I think, uh, you, uh, I think, uh, when we talk about decentralized domain names and other things, I think, um, it's very important to understand what's happening currently. Um, we have Facebook, we have Google, Microsoft, Apple, many other big companies who actually own our data and they provide us certain services for free. All the social media platforms that we use are free. All the email apps that we use are free. Uh, and there are many other things that are free that we use from these big organizations. Now, well, it's not essential. It's not free because we pay that with our data with our information, with our transactions, with our internet history, etc. Um, in this world, the ownership of data is within these companies. So that's why we call it centralized. In a decentralized world or Web 3.0, this won't happen. So even if, even if we start using Facebook or we use a decentralized app like Facebook, then we own the data and we can take the data out of it any single time. We've talked about it, but I think you need to understand what's happening. So now, as, as Rinath mentioned, you own the domain forever. You don't have to keep paying it again and again and again just to have it. Similarly, you own the data forever. So you don't need to go and tell, uh, sorry, you don't need to negotiate with someone to, uh, I mean, give your data. They have to give you or you can just take it away. That's the beauty of uh, being decentralized. It means everyone has a copy and no one has ownership and everyone is there for it. A similar concept is like BitTorrents, peer-to-peer that has happened in the past. So in peer-to-peer, -peer, uh, I mean, there was Napster. So if people had a copy and they are on the same network, uh, if anyone searches for that particular file, they can easily download it to their computer because it's available in that network, Napster network. <coughs> Similarly with Bitcoin, uh, sorry, BitTorrent, 
if you have a piece of that file you can download it and uh, normally in a network everyone seems to have some uh, a, a complete file so it's like just having a ledger now you have the complete ledger and you own it you maintain it so you are essentially preventing the system to collapse just because one central system has collapsed that has happened during the economic crisis where our banking system collapsed because of the um, the mortgage industry so in this case we can prevent such collapses because it's decentralized and the network would be tolerant to such collapses if one ledger fails we have the records of everything else and we can track where the money actually is if not to the person but at least to the wallet decentralized network also gives you anonymity so that's again a, a very good thing in a web 2.0 you have to actually prove your identity again and again and again and again in decentralized world you can always trade with a wallet but wouldn't it question the security and privacy i mean if someone can be anonymous i mean you know criminals could use that to their advantage and, so and they that... use and they use that that that's why a lot of criminals have now moved to the bitcoin or the ethereum or cryptocurrencies to be honest i mean cryptocurrencies but I, i in ethereum or bitcoin or some of these popular networks you can't be anonymous uh, because no with the wallet you can be you can uh, with your wallet see on the ledger but it's just you your wallet can't address have a wallet without identifying yourself to yes you know, now because because of the exchange things. so you'll have a wallet say in coinbase or binance and now because yes. they are heavily regulated they have uh, asked people to start verifying so, their identity so yeah that's that should give some sort of comfort that you know you, you can't do criminal i mean if if you were thing if you were kind of associating bitcoin or cryptocurrency in general with with criminal activities that's not necessarily the case yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but then again if a criminal wants to then what they can do is they can have an offline wallet created and then use something called a tumble dryer uh where they can uh anonymize the money and then send it to that offline wallet and then own that and then um but this is vastly difficult and that makes the same argument about cash as well i mean right now nowadays using cash is much more difficult you want to use a card you want to make online payments but if you want to be a criminal and you want to have traceless transactions you want you use cash cash now it's the same thing if if a criminal wants to do crime then they're going to find a way like they can find a way now with fiat money using cash or other there are other ways of using digital um, you know using uh, uh, fiat currency digitally as well and anonymously so uh, bitcoin or any other cryptocurrency for that reason is not necessarily associated or encourage or enables crime in any way it's just similar yes. difficulty as if you were to use fiat currency um, i think i think the key point is that uh, key point for people to remember is that uh, it offers the anonymity but uh, because it's again part of a centralized uh, say exchange coinbase binance other things and they are regulated they are legal entities they are companies they are organizations that make money so they are governed by the uh, the law of the state and because they are governed by the law of the state they have to now validate the kind of activities that occurs on their exchanges and because of that there is some form of regulation it is of course offers protection for everyone their money their assets but it also means that there is some level of now centralization so um another interesting part just just because this is uh this has come as part of the topic of, of we're not directly relevant to web 3.0 but uh if you in uk if you own more than 5000 pounds worth of um uh cryptocurrency in any format with coinbase and binance and some of these uh, popular exchanges then they have to they are legally bound to give your details to hmrc yeah. the uh, revenue and customs uh, of f of uh, uk and um, you need to declare that when you do your yearly tax return so if you have any transactions based on the amount you gained or whatever i don't know the uh, exact calculations um but basically it's a capital gains tax so you'll have to pay some capital gains on cryptocurrency what i have heard is it's not just as simple as capital gains tax but okay. it also i mean capital gains 
gains is when you know your you sell it yeah if you increase or if you decrease then it's a capital loss loss yeah but what i've what i've uh, kind of understood which may i haven't done enough research so you know it's uh, take it with a grain of salt but um if you exchange from any cryptocurrency to any other cryptocurrency how do you know whether you gained or not or whether yes, you lost true, or not? True. so um but even on those scenarios you would be subjected to tax um or at least you have to declare it so um definitely the for, for those of you who are in uk in, in our in our audience or a, also and everyone else uh, do find out your own country's um, uh, legal requirements but yeah uh, coinbase binance legally required to give your details to hmrc if you're in uk then um, if you have more than five thousand pounds worth of what cryptocurrency and you should or you need to declare it to hmrc at at the time of uh, your annual return so yeah that's just a, that's just a little bit of side note in why we are talking about all of these topics in general no, but it's interesting but, to know that because uh, i mean we talked about decentralization but it's i mean as you can see the governments want to protect the interest of the people so there will be some kind of centralization of course people are still trying to figure out how to actually run a decentralized network, how to run these uh, de uh, decentralized organizations and uh, decentralized apps. And I think things are getting figured out, but uh, people want convenience and convenience comes at a cost. So that's why we are still uh, used to so much, used to using Facebook and Google. And even if there is a new alternative, people don't want to move because if you move, everyone else has to be there as well. <laughs> yeah, yes, absolutely. So, so yeah, convenience is, is, is actually a big factor. A lot of the times we don't notice it, but it is. And um, I mean, when a lot of people moved from WhatsApp to Signal, the problem was that not everyone was on Signal. So you still had to message few people on WhatsApp. So in the end, yeah, it was just causing more confusion. Stick. That's why it didn't stick. Uh, I would say potentially, and even I would I would say even when Google came up with Google Circle and everyone was so excited, yes. and the reason it didn't stick, I mean they didn't, they, you know, it is Google, so they they obviously came in the game prepared, but yet still it didn't stick because not everyone was same active as everyone was in Facebook back in those days. Yes, no exactly, back, exactly. No one uses Facebook nowadays anymore, but yeah those times so facebook is being used it it has a billion users but uh, now facebook is used uh, uh, by organizations by people i mean for other bits that you are not doing say on instagram <laughs> snapchat or tiktok yeah yeah <laughs> basically yeah. the boring stuff <clears throat> yeah absolutely i mean yeah it still has it still has uh, quite a quite a large user base and yeah i mean you, you can't really judge from just one country and your surroundings exactly are and there's countries where people go Facebook instead of go, go, going Google uh, that I'm aware of. So And then there are like uh, US is majority iPhone. Uh, most of the other markets are. And UK is also majority iPhone users. Asia, is major, Asia, Africa, Americas, the Latin Americas, they are mostly Android users. So depending upon the kind of handsets you use, it defines what kind of apps you'll use. A lot of people, young people are on Snapchat or TikTok. A lot of the older generations, they are more used to Facebook. So it's, it's a different uh, demographics as well. So people who are listening to this talk uh, and who want to actually try Web 3.0, there might be uh, a certain age group who are actually quite interested in uh, looking into it and taking the risk of actually buying a domain, buying an NFT, etc. And there might be a certain age group that may be averse to it. And that all comes down to your local laws and regulations and your surroundings and how much risk appetite you have based on your current income or whatever, wherever in life you are. So, yeah, I mean, we are talking about all these things in the hope that you have gained some bit of knowledge and in the hope that you try something new because that's where the uh, internet is heading towards a, a world where you own the data, you own, you uh, define your identity and you can move that data from one place to another place and it is completely uh, open. There is nothing hidden behind the walls. All the transactions on block uh, on Bitcoin, every single transaction that has ever occurred, is available to download right now. So that's absolutely. I think that that's the power. I think that drives yeah. the message. 
And uh, yeah, again, I would encourage you guys to try it out if affordable for you. But one of the things I want to add to it is um, you have to remember that these domain uh, names that you will purchase and you'll think, oh, yeah, I'm going to add a hosting account and then have my uh, website hosted and uh, people using Chrome and Internet Edge and others are going to come to my website. That's not happening. <laughs> so uh, that, that kind of uh, that is a very uh, direct indication of that. If you're buying it now, you're definitely going to be in the category of early adopter. This is like a very, very new technology. Even though it's been a few months and the early, you know, the very first um, hype is kind of uh, settling down, but it's still at it's such an infancy in terms of technology and what it can do that you can't actually go to this domain name with Chrome. If you if if I go and write realmalik.crypto, it's not going to return anything in Chrome or any of the usual browsers that we do. One of the ones that I do know or have heard that uh, enables Web 3.0 is Brave browser. It's also okay. based in Chrome, so um, you're not really missing out much. I have it installed in, in my computer and it kind of imports everything from Chrome. It's actually quite easy to transition to Brave. And I, I didn't fully transit, I, I didn't fully start using it. I use it uh, as and when Chrome and Brave. Uh, Brave has but, their own coin as well, right? Own cash yes, or cash yes. coin. So yes. that's, where, that's where you can really see how uh, Web3 and you know all of these newer technology will help you because it helps you not give out your data. And if you are giving out data, then you get some Brave coins which is money, uh, however small it is. And if you keep using Brave on a day-to-day on -day basis, all the internet sites that you visited, you keep accumulating Brave coins as, as, as a, a token of, um, uh, against your data that you're providing. So that's, that's like a direct example of what the power of uh, these decentralized network and these modern technologies are. So, yeah, going back to what I was saying is that uh, you're still going to be a very early adopter. So um, I have faith in this technology and I think it will, will have a future. So there, there is benefit in adopting to, to this technology if, if possible, however you uh, think would be good. But, uh, yeah, the indication of it is you can't use the regular browsers to go to this domain. <laughs> so um, at the moment, you, uh, you know, uh, Web 2.0 sites work differently than Web 3.0 sites. So, um, uh, you know, the usability, you still have various usability, for example, your wallet can be your domain, uh, but uh, uh, in terms of the regular, your usual Web 2.0, it's not replacing your Web 2.0 domain in, in that sense just yet. It's uh, obviously, you know, I would encourage you guys to do your research, do more studies and find out more. And then based on that, go forward, but definitely worth checking it out. Even if you don't want to buy one, you definitely want to find out because it is going to be something in, in the near future and you want to be aware of it when, when it becomes uh, more mainstream. Definitely, definitely. And I think it's a very exciting uh, topic. If you keep hearing or if, if, you, if, you, if someone mentions to you Web 3.0, at least now you have an idea of what they're talking about. And I think that's a good starting point. And that's the aim of our podcast. I mean, you hear about something new and interesting technology and we try to deconstruct it for you, try to give you examples, try to give you the pros and cons and uh, hope uh, you have learned something from this talk today. So thank you so much for listening in and uh, please share your feedback, post, give us any questions that you have or recommend us topics or even recommend us uh, guests that you want us to uh, interview. So yeah. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in and uh, see you next time. Thank you, guys. See you later. Bye.